Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 8 and again we're going to be covering prayer and we need to really really come in here and bathe this place in prayer and hopefully the sermon will be a springboard for your life individually and then as you learn to pray we put all our prayers together there's power in prayer individually but especially corporately we all get together not as a mob but as a uniform team unity teamwork even in prayer Luke 11 and again I've put several messages together just on this chapter throughout the years 18 years on sermons on preaching and this is one of them as well it says one day Jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples he said to them when you pray say Father hallowed be thy name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread forgive us our sins for we forgive everyone who sins against us lead us not into temptation then Jesus said to them suppose one of you had a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says friend lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him then the one inside answers don't bother me the door is already locked and my children are with me in bed I can't get up and give you anything I tell you though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say unto you, ask, seek, and knock. Father, I pray for us as individuals and also corporately, Lord God, that we would learn to pray why and the how of it here today. And Lord, let this be an effectual, fervent prayer that we would come in here, Lord God, and knowing the vitality and the importance of prayer, we can't do nothing without it, Jesus. We're just beating the air, Lord Jesus. We're not hitting the mark without it. And you say hitting the mark is, missing the mark is sin. We don't want to do that. You even called the failure to pray sin in the book of Samuel, Lord God. We don't want to sin against you by failing to pray. Convict us that need it, Lord Jesus. And let us separate ourselves, Lord God. So maybe just to begin with five minutes, ten minutes, and eventually on into hours of prayer. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody together said. Amen. Turn around and greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Prior to your being seated. Praise the Lord. I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to take off my coat. In that, uh, many of you know that last week, and I'm going to, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to jump around too much. Pray for me. Uh, but uh, often, many times I kid, I say, well, uh, we're the kind of preachers that we run all over the place. And, uh, you know, I think if I had a, stand right here I might even put it here today I might even just be like one of those speakers that I say I'm not just standing here and bringing things up because in a sense this is a teaching and I had other sermons that I like I said I've been preparing for this new move that we have but uh, uh, last week man I almost passed out there and, and most of you already heard and I think after the second service uh, you know I, I'd like to give it my all of which I did and uh, I was taking a picture with the youth and they're funny they made me laugh. And many of you that hang around with me, you know that I have a saying, taking all laughs. 
because ministry is serious. I mean, my goodness, I mean, we've been at this 20 some years and, and ministry can be something else and it can drain you, it can take from you. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm well aware of that. And uh, evidently when I went to the doctor the next day, uh, my doctor said, my doctor, I have a doctor, my doctor, my doctor, you know, you have a preacher. Well, thank you. Uh, you have a pastor. Well, I have a doctor. I don't know his name, but I have a doctor. <laughs> I've been there twice. <laughs> Cal something. Uh, anyways, is it Cal Joy? Calyot, Calyot, Joy. I was a cool, can't be a doctor with a name Joy, you know. Calyot, something like that. Uh, can, uh, you know, people felt like maybe, you know, I, it had been a cardio something, you know, to do with my heart. He says, nah, it was nothing to do with your heart. And he says, it was, you know, all that culmination of things because I had gone to him three days prior to that. And they had prescribed some uh, medication for my high blood pressure, salt and tortillas. <laughs> you know, hey, I've been brought up good, you know. But all that catches up to you, you know. And so I had, you know, he says, you're a little bit high blood pressure. Why don't you take this? And so what I think happened, and he, he does as well, is that the medication, which I'd never taken anything in my life, well, <clears throat> prior to being saved. <laughs> you know, that, that's a different story, you know. Uh, but I'd never really taken anything, and so my, uh, that was, you know, de- dealing with my metabolism, and my body couldn't catch up yet. And then he says, all the variables, as far as 18 years of wandering, then 18 months of, of uh, you know, we're going to get the building, we're gonna, and finally getting it, it just like all caught up. And man, so when the, they made me laugh, I popped something here, my muscles, and so I had to sit down, and as I sat down, it just, I just started spinning for a long time so they had to put a fan there with me and everybody was coming around are you okay and you know I really wasn't at that time and so I you know I need to make mention so today I'll probably just teach and and uh, just stand around here amen, amen. and uh, dealing with prayer and I, I don't really want to uh, push myself too much uh, but uh, you know I got to do my job as best as possible amen, amen. now here in uh, Luke chapter 11, I said, this is quite a, a portion of scripture to utilize when you're going to be speaking on prayer. The title of my sermon is Pushed to Pray. We find here the disciples, one day Jesus is praying in a certain place, and the disciples come upon him, and they somewhat stumble upon him, and he's in prayer. He's on his knees, he's, he's seeking his father. And they're taken with, with, with great reverence, with great awe. Somehow they can see that Jesus is truly about his father's business. They say, man, he's in warfare right now. They snap to this. And they say, in one of my other sermons, I said, they come to the fact that this is where the power's at. They've been with him for two and a half years, and they really didn't know until now. You know, you, that saying, it jumped up and hit you on the hit. Uh, you wouldn't know love if it jumped up and hit you on the hit. Uh, well, this one, they didn't, I mean, prayer jumped back. That's where he gets his power. They snap to it. I have a friend of mine that I, you know, down from my neighborhood, he, he talks about when he came to Victory Outreach, he was, uh, had been in prison with Brother Cal. Cal's gone on to be with the Lord. But Pastor Cal was a dynamic man, man of God. And, and uh, he was in the men's home. We had two men's homes at, at that time. And he didn't know, but I was in the other men's home. And he says he'd, he'd, he'd uh, 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 they told him, Cal's in there in, in his room. Pastor Cal was in there. So he says, oh, I know Cal. I was in prison with him. And we were close. So he says, they tell him, don't go in there. He's, no, 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 I know Cal, he says. And he opened the door, and he saw Cal on his knees with his Bible open. And he looked at him. And he says, Cal, give And then Cal just goes, brother, brother, just hang on there. I'll, I'll, I'll be there right now. See, Cal was 
like the disciples stumbling upon, you know, the, his friend stumbled upon Cal on his knees. Cal knew where the power was. My friend says he didn't come out for another hour and a half because he was about his father's business. See, prayer is, we are about our father's business when we're in prayer. And we need to understand that. Uh, the disciples, you know, can tell that, that Jesus is doing business upon the deep waters. I preach many times. And whenever I preach on Psalms 107, 23 and 24, man, I, I get crazy, but I'm not going to do it today. Because I, it's, a, it's a scripture of faith. You know, they, they that do business upon, you know, the, the, the deep, these alone see the glory of the Lord, His wondrous works in the deep. Uh, it's, it's a scripture on faith. Launching out in faith. But listen, Jesus was on a boat. He was out there in the deep, doing business in the mighty waters, but He was right here. Right here. He was on his knees. Somebody has once said, a man is never taller than when he's on his knees. David Wilkerson's father would always say, you know, God will always make a way for a praying man. And, that's, and that includes women. Same, same gender. Uh, see, so the disciples say, man, Jesus, there's a secret, there's a, there's a key to his prayer. Uh, and, and the prayer is not a form, but it was a force. They see it as a force. They say, man, this is where it's at. During the desert storm conflict, and many people, they chided the U.S. more or less because, you know, the, the red brigade from uh, Saddam Hussein kept saying, come and fight us, you guys are a bunch of chickens. Matter of fact, during the conflict right now that they had over in Kosovo, uh, their army, come and fight us, the Americans are a bunch of chickens. No, the Americans are smart. Uh, they're, they're hitting the air first. They're bathing everything in air, dropping bomb. Tampa and Tennyson, bah, uh, Gadding, bah, uh, A Street, bah, 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 bah. Uh, South Garden, ooh, we need an atomic bomb. Uh, I mean, that's, what we, that's how we got to do it. That's smart, bathing the, the air with prayer, the real Air Force. Then they just came up and cleaned up. Uh, I mean, that's what prayer does. Well, when you're in prayer, that's like... Being a, you know, the 49ers ain't got nothing on you guys. Not of your 49er fans. Raider fans, the Raiders ain't got nothing on you. See, the Raiders practice for five, six days a week, and then they go out and they, they perform. And everybody, ah! But see, that's what we do. Even me, me myself, when I get behind the pulpit, I should already be prayed up. Everything else should just come. Like popcorn, remember that? Remember where did Jesus do all his fighting? On his knees. Everything else was a piece of cake. Ah, everything was, was no sweat, because he sweated on his knees. So we need to understand that we, we're bathing everything. You know, I, I mentioned the fact, the last scripture, verse 9, ask, seek, and knock, because that's the three levels of prayer. We taught that. I taught that here on Wednesday. There's three levels of prayer. Asking, and it's found in 11.9, Luke 11.9. Asking kind of prayer is real easy. Even the, the guy that has just gotten saved in the men's home two minutes ago. When you get in the van, you can ask that man, brother, ask for traveling mercy. Because even a two-minute saved person can, can, can pray that kind of a prayer. Just, what do I do? I've been in many vans with men's homes. So I know. And a lot of times when I get in the van, I'll look for the guy that's the newest. And then I happen to know his name. Uh, and I'll say, brother, I might have done it to some of you. I think Frank Johnson's going like that. I think I did it to him probably, you know. Uh, hey, hey, brother, could, could you lead a prayer? <laughs> brother, just ask God. You know, this is a, this is a simple prayer. <laughs> Omnipotent, Holy Father. No, 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 they don't do that. Uh, 
No, 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 no. <laughs> Father, you know, God, it's real simple prayer. Seeking prayer is harder prayer. That's first one is petition. Second one is repetition. You got to stay at it. Seeking takes more time. Like when you're looking for your socks. That takes time. Especially in my house. Hallelujah. Huh? <laughs> then knocking prayer. That's the hardest prayer. But that's the best kind of prayer. That's intercession prayer. That gets you all kinds of goodies in the spirit. Some of your lives, all you, all you ever stay is the first level prayer. Just ask, 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 like a little, we call it in Spanish. Sorry if you don't speak Spanish, but then, you know, I, I try to keep everything in English. But we have a word in Spanish, and I, I want to say it because the Spanish people are going to like it. I haven't used this word in ages. Watch. Uh, it's called, you'll never guess, pidichi. I told you they're going to like it. Uh, how could you translate that in English? Pidichi. Uh, Askaholic. Uh, always, 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 brother, brother, can you give me the hand? What is that? Can I have some? I mean, hey, hey, can I have that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always asking. Brother, can I have one of those? Do you have, do you have any more? Uh, can I have the pen, please, please? I need a pen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I need a pen. Brother, thank you, thank you. Because I don't have any pens. You know. uh, brother, brother, okay. I want you to take notes, brother. All right, all right. I like that word. <laughs> uh, always ask, uh, but they just stay in that level of prayer. They never go out and acquire nothing really, you know, because they don't know how to seek. Take your time. Go out and get a job. Uh, get an education. Seek the better things. Buy your own pen. Hallelujah. Huh? Then knocking, hey, then you become the business owner. Hallelujah. Huh? You give away pens. That's the third level of prayer. But some people just stay in the first level in Christianity. And you can spot them. Let's go on. They ask him, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Christ responds in the form of a parable. Actually, and I read it to you there, beginning in verse 5. He gives him a parable. And it's really, I call it the original Mother Hubbard story. Or Mother Hubbard had a cupboard or whatever, something like that. Remember? Didn't have nothing under cupboards. There's no food. That's what happens here. He doesn't have no food. And there's no opportunity, the Bible says there, to go buy food. In other words... There's no 7-Elevens. It's the midnight hour, the Bible says, but they didn't have 7-Eleven in those days. So they couldn't go over and just buy any kind of food. So there's no opportunity. Uh, then he says, oh, but I have a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. He says, oh, oh, but I got a friend. I got a friend that I can go to more at any time. Call him. He'll be there. You call on Michael Jackson, what's he going to tell you? No, 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 no. But not, not God. Uh, he says, I have a friend, and we know each other well. So, the, so this guy in the parable, in the original Mother Hubbard story, he doesn't get all discouraged. He, says, I, he, he doesn't stop. Oh, man, everything's closed, bro. Just go back to bed. Don't answer the door. Uh, might be the cops. Hallelujah. Uh, see, that's how we need to pray as well, as Christ taught us. Now, what is Jesus really teaching us in this portion of Scripture here? Number one, okay, if you're taking notes, number one, here's what he's teaching us. He's teaching us and he's telling us why we are to pray. And the number one reason, listen to this, the number one reason why we should pray is because this man was embarrassed. What an embarrassing reason to pray, but that's the reason. Because we're embarrassed. This man is embarrassed. He doesn't have nothing to give and to offer to his friend that has come knocking upon his door. What a reason that we should have. For prayer. He had no bread. Nor any means 
of acquiring and buying any bread at this midnight hour. Okay? So he had to make an appeal to somebody, to someone. And this friend was the one that he chose to go to. He's sitting there saying, what am I going to do? I ain't got no bread, no tortillas, it's all over. What's going to happen? Uh, and my friend that has come has high blood pressure, wants to get even higher. I need tortillas. Got any salt? Salt down. No, no salt down. We, we can't get no salt because there's no salt. Man, what am I going to do for this friend of mine, Steve, who loves tortillas and salt? Uh, so his prayer was birthed out of a deep sense of need. That's how to pray, out of a deep sense of need. Uh, desperately. And that's always the case with real, genuine prayer. It's birthed out of a deep sense of need. I remember the day that I prayed for God to save me. God answered my prayer. But it came out of a deep sense of need. There's a lot of people, men come into the home, women come into the home, people come into the church. Oh, God's not real. He didn't change my life. <laughs> you didn't pray out of a deep sense of need. I guarantee you, you pray out of a deep sense of need. I don't care if you're the hardest, toughest, motor scooter that you think you are on this planet you're going to change you're going to change you might be coming in but when you really pray no no no, no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding, just kidding but you'll change maybe you just walk normal now you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was birthed out of a deep sense of need see people can say their prayers as a first remember the first he's the publican you can say their prayers as a form but unless it's birthed out of a deep sense of need, as the publican's prayer was, he says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. God will answer your prayers. See, God's ear is always open to those who come to him needy and desperate. Every, you know, even when, I, I've learned that when I pray, I might not even have a big needy sense of prayer, but I'm going to pray like that anyways. Because I'm going to pray in advance. Because I know, sooner or later, I will have some needs here. I know they're coming, God then I know I need to pray all the time. I don't know about you, but people, you know, the, the kind of clay that I come from, I need to pray. Uh, even when things are going right. That's usually when I pray, even the hardest. Because I know, uh-oh, if it's going right, something's wrong. <laughs> uh, no, no, God, you, and you, that's why I speak in tongues. Because God knows, Bible says, when you speak in tongues, you might not know what you're praying for, but the spirit inside of you, it's God praying to God, and God knows what God wants to give you. So when the Holy Spirit is inside of us praying in tongues, that he knows. I've said it before, sometimes we're praying and, and sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me, Steve, cut it. Shut up. Just let me pray to me. Start speaking in tongues. And I go, okay. Then he knows exactly. Can he, he knows what I need. And, can then I, and sometimes I'm praying for some of you and I might not even know it. You might be out there going through a heavy trial. Thank God for tongues. Uh, that I didn't even know about. I, I'm not omnipresent. I'm not omnipotent. But I know somebody that lives inside of me that is. Amen. So when I start speaking in tongues, you know, I, I could be going, Shalala, marasando, but the Spirit is saying, be with <clears throat> Brother Carnitas right now. <laughs> he's stoned in the flesh. And he's beheaded in the wrong direction. Uh, devil at 12 o'clock. With a blue dress on. <laughs> let, let, let's go on. Ay, ay, ay. Help us, Lord. Desperate need of prayer. See, by the disciples seeing Christ really praying, they were pushed to pray. That's the title of my sermon. They see him, they see what he's doing, so they're pushed to pray. 
That's what's happening here. They see where the real power is. Somehow now they saw the endless possibilities in their own lives that real prayer can do for them. They said, man, that's where it's at. We've been with them for two and a half years, and this is the key. We have a saying in the world, I thought, Claudio, this is the key. This is it right here. This, this is the key. It's prayer, man. Why didn't we snap? So they're pushed to pray. You know, every four years, you have the Olympics. Then also you have the, the, the soccer. I mean, you know how many young girls in America today want to be Mia Hamm? Uh, nobody, even the guys don't know who Mia Hamm is. Uh, uh, hey. I mean, that girl can... She, she can kick. Uh, she can do it. You know, she's the main. And then all this. Who about that other girl? All these other different girls. They all want to be like her. Because we have the number one team in the world. Every time the Olympics come around. All kinds of little kids are glued to the TV. And now they want to be, you know, whatever. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to run. Because they're pushed to want to be like Mia Hamm. Because they see her in there. They, they see this guy. They see the Olympics. And it spurs them on. They're pushed to play. Well, we're... Supposed to be pushed to pray. Because they saw Jesus. Man, look at this. And he didn't do it every four years. He did it all the time. So they're pushed. They want to be like him. Uh, so they figure, I can do that. I could be like Ham. I can be like Jesus. Uh, so they decide to go for the gold. That's what happened here to the disciples. They were pushed to pray. They felt that they could pray with the same results as Jesus was getting. And you and I can as well. We need to understand. You don't have to be left behind in prayer. We can all be Olympic stars. And boy, do we need Olympic stars here. Uh, that's why this sermon is so important. I had two other sermons that I wanted to preach. I've been telling you. But prayer. We got to come in here in prayer. Friday nights, we got to get here. Again, you know, we, we had a pretty good turnout Friday, but not as good because people don't know that we're in Friday services now. But we are. Friday power service. Ah. Uh, See, Christ, here again, was being a good coach. He was teaching them where the, where the action is. And he's a good disciple. I've been teaching our leaders that Jesus' disciples, not so much by what he said, but by what he did. It's called the book of Acts, the fifth book in the New Testament. It's not called the book of sermons. It's called the book of Acts. He got on his knees as an example. Brother Mondo, who's going to be preaching today, he says, I remember the first week or two that I got saved, he says, they had an all-night prayer at the mother church. He says, and I got to pray next to Pastor Sonny. He says, we prayed from 11 o'clock at night till 6 in the morning. He says, and I felt privileged to pray with Pastor Sonny. I remember that day, because I was there praying as well. So he must have been on the other side, because I thought I was next to Pastor Sonny. Uh, thank God he got two shoulders. And we went at it. So I, was, I was like, ooh, you know. Sonny, we, we, remember we got up here on the altar, we were at it. Uh, but he was teaching by example. That's what Christ was doing here as well. Okay, he was teaching us by example. He was being a good coach. And see, Christ knew what can be done and what can be accomplished in our lives when we pray, number one, desperately. We can accomplish the impossible. Uh, we can. And I've said many times, who's the hardest case that you know of in your life? Pray, let's pray for that person right now. Then sometimes that night... Or four years later, you see them walking through the doors. So hasn't that ever happened? You see them coming through the doors. Ooh. All of a sudden, you know, prayers that only you and God knew about. Then, number two. This man, this embarrassed host, he was able to pray because he had a friend that he could pray to. He had somebody to go to. 
See, need is not enough. It's birthed out of a desperate need. Okay? But this embarrassed host, he had a friend. For you and I to go and to knock upon some vacant house where nobody lives, that would be absurd. Keep a knocking and you can't come in. Uh-uh. Because nobody's home. Yesterday I gave the key to my daughter. My wife gave the key to my daughter. Let me rephrase that. From my keychain. <clears throat> uh, and so, you know, we went our separate ways. Men went with men. Women went with women. And my wife went with Arlene and I went with Mando. And we went. We came home before them. We thought, no, no, we came home and they were already home. Because we saw the car there. And I got mad. <laughs> because I knew they were home. Oops. I don't want to get too excited today, right? I was getting a little excited the wrong way. Uh, I get mm, finding my wife. We didn't hear you. I already knew the sermon. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so I had to be cool. Uh, but if you're going to knock someplace when, when nobody's there, see, we could knock all that we want when nobody's there, but the only thing we're ever going to get uh, is some bruised knuckles. That's all you're going to get when nobody's home. But this embarrassed host had a friend that was home. Uh, see, those of you that, that come to him must believe that he is home. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That, that, that's scripture. Hebrews 11. Them that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But I added a word there. Them that come to him must believe that he is home. And that he is a reward of the diligence seek him. He's there. He's there. And you got to believe. And that will move his hand. See, Jesus says, to all who knock, the door will be open. Jesus is wanting us to know that he is our friend. And that he's more than eager to answer our prayers. Uh, than we are to pray. The key is having a relationship with God. Look at Psalm 68. Excuse me, Psalm 66. Bible says, before we call, he will answer. While we are yet speaking, he will hear. But you got to believe that he's there. And the key is you have to have a right relationship with God. you got to be right with the Lord. If you're not, you can get right tonight, today. Do you have Psalms 66? Beginning in verse 18. If I cherished sin in my heart... Uh, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in what? Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. In other words, if I regard sin in my heart. In other words, if there's sin there, then get rid of it. Get in right relationship with God. So he'll answer your prayers. Uh, I, I think I've told a story before how Abraham Lincoln you know, was always having big meetings during, with his cabinet during the Civil War. But every time, his little son would pop his head in the door. See, the little kid, he didn't know that, you know, that his father was big, doing all these big meetings. But he'd pop his head in the door, Dad. And he'd always say, hold on, 
Yes, Esteban, come here, mijo. What do you need? Uh, because you always had time for, they had a relationship like that. That's what God is with us. When we come to him, we must believe that he is. Now, not only does this parable teach us why to pray, but as I close, it teaches us how to pray. How to pray. Why we should pray? Out of a deep sense of need and because you have a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. Don't be afraid to come to him. He's going to bless you. He's more willing to bless you than we're willing to receive. And you need to understand that. Man, you have such, a, such an opportunity. Uh, now, listen, we've already got this place. We've been praying for 18 years. Now we've got to change our prayers. God, fill this place with my family, with my friends, with my loved ones, with my acquaintances, with my enemies. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, that's how we should be praying now. Uh, but what is the needs that you have? You can give them to God. Then he teaches us how to pray. The first thing this embarrassed host did was to go directly to the friend. Not to some mediator. Not, he goes directly to, the, to his friend. Face to face. Let me tell you this little joke about a guy that was, there were some painters that were painting up in like, you know, in the loft in, in the Catholic church. Okay? Nothing against Catholicism. And so this lady came to pray. She got in there and she started praying. You know, and she's praying. And the two painters that were in the place said, let's play a joke on her. Let's play a joke on her. And so they're painting up there, but they can't, she can't see them. So she's right there, she said, this is Jesus. And she's praying. This is Jesus. Huh? This is Jesus. They're trying to play a joke on her. And so the lady says, oh, it is? Well, be quiet then. I'm here to see your mother. I'm here to talk to your mother. No, 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 no. <laughs> With Jesus, you don't got to do that. <laughs> you can go face to face with him. That's biblical. Okay? There's no mediator. You don't need that. He's the mediator. He's the main one. You go directly. Do not pass go. Go directly to Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, aye, aye, aye. Pope's going to want to throw me in jail. Come into the Holy of Holies. Listen to me. I don't think I could stress enough what a privilege we have to go... It was him directly. Remember in the Old Testament? They'd come before, uh, in the Ark of the Covenant, only one time a year, the high priest would come. Remember they had to put a rope around him and had to have bells around here? Because if you couldn't hear the bells ringing no more, that means he died. Because he was in the awesome presence of God and he was, he, he regarded sin. Or he disregarded sin. So he died before the very presence of God. Once a year, that's all he could come into the Holy of Holies. We can come anytime, all of us, any one of us. But we need to take advantage of that. You need to understand that in prayer. You can come into his very, very presence directly. Uh, all of us have that same right to God. The Bible says we can come boldly before the very throne of grace and find help and grace in time of need. See, with Jesus, it's not AT&T or Sprint or whatever. It's direct dialing. Go right to him. The second thing regarding how to pray was that this embarrassed host didn't beat around the bush. He prayed specifically. He went straight to the point. I like what Pastor Cho says. He says, you're not going to go in front of Kmart and go there and say, 
Give me. Give me. You know. Jesus, I pray for everything. Let's go. No. You got to pray specifically. What do you need? What is that need? That's, that's what he came for. Uh, and that's how we are supposed to be with God as well. The key is to be open, honest, and frank with the Lord. We can tell him everything. And he will in no wise cast you out. Because he's wise. He will in no wise. It doesn't say in no way he cast you out. It says in no wise. For you theological students. He will in no wise, because he's wise, cast you out. Uh, if you... You know, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a rock. If you ask for an egg, he's not going to give you a serpent. The Bible goes on to say here. Uh, if you ask for tortillas and salt, he's not going to give it to you. <laughs> uh, not anymore. Uh, can I ask him? No, 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 no. God's using my wife. See, Jesus understands. He knows. Jesus understands like none other. Like no one else. We have not immediated, the Bible says in Hebrews, who cannot be touched by reason of our infirmities. He's been here, done that. Thank God for that. He's been on this earth for 33 and a half years. He's been here and he's done what you've gone through. You ever thought to yourself, I think I'm the worst sinner on this planet. Yes, you have. Some of you have. Because pastors been there, done that. Uh, oh, there's no hope. Yes, there is. Uh, but you've got to understand that. And Jesus understands you. He's been around the block. He came and paid the price. He took upon himself every sin of humanity. That's what the Bible says when, when he was hanging on the cross, the father had to turn his head from him because all the sin of humanity that ever had happened and was occurring and would occur was placed upon him. But if you want to take your sins to yourself, that's up to you. But you can give them to Jesus. Cast your cares upon him, including your sins, because he cares for you. Then lastly, the third thing on how to pray is, this, is that this host was persistent. He wouldn't give up, wouldn't give in. He stayed at it. He was persistent for a number of reasons. He was eager for an answer. He needed bread. The book of James says that, you know, it's this kind of prayer that avails much, availeth much. This fervent kind of prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, you should have what you need. Not always what you want, but God will give you everything you need. Uh, see, the host of the persistent was persistent because he knew that his friend would not let him down. He knew his friend in a personal relationship kind of a way that he says, my friend's going to come through. I know my friend. I know who I'm talking about. That's a lot of times when I'm praying for people or doing things. I said, I know who I work for. So I work for the best. Uh, my, my, my guy's not going to let me down. Uh, I might not always get what I want, but I'm going to get what I need. Uh, I, I know who I work for. And if, 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 if he doesn't answer prayer in that, in that way, yes, he has answered prayer in that way. He has said no. Not right now, because all things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are the call according to his purpose. That was his desire. That was his, his, his will. See, when you arrange a meeting with a friend, and he or she doesn't show up to that meeting right away, do we leave? No. Uh, I mean, you know, we have, we have a thing sometimes to say, you know, victory outreach time. Or this is going to happen. You know. Listen, when you make a meeting with me, sometimes, well, you know, I, I got phone calls. Uh, AT&T, I do got to deal with that, you know. 
But I, I, I'll tell you something. I'll be there. I'm going to show. I'm going to, you know, might be 35 seconds late. But I'm going to come. Because I'm, I'm a friend. But how much more him? When you, when you have a friend, when you can count on him, you don't, you don't just leave. Oh, man, he's five minutes. Let, let's get out of here. Huh? No, no, no. You can count on a friend. We wait. Because we know he's going to show up sooner or later. Because that's what a friend is. And that's the way it is with, with God. According to this parable, that's what he's telling us. Just because, my friend, we don't yet, you know, you know just because we don't, uh, uh, you know, have some of these answers yet, there's no reason to quit praying. He will come through. Then lastly, the story about the parable teaches us the rewards of prayer. There's rewards to it. Uh, God's going to bless you. He's in the blessing business. The Bible tells us that he got as many loaves of bread as was needed. Whew, that's pretty good. He may not always give us what we want, but he'll give us what we need. Remember Paul's thorn in the flesh? He prayed three times uh, that it would go away, but it didn't go away. But what did he say? He, Paul writes, Most gladly then will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. He got what he needed. He gave glory to God. God was glorified. Uh, and we need to understand that. God, is, he's your friend. He wants to bless you. <clears throat> and we need to understand that. There was this little boy, and I've told the story before, how he was playing in the backyard. And I don't know if any of you, but when I was a kid, we called it in Spanish, caritos. We played cars. Caritos, you know. And we get him there. And, ah. This kid was playing caritos. Uh, did you used to play anybody? We make roads like this. Freeways. You know, and this kid was, he was playing with his cars, and, but there was this huge, huge rock there. And he was, and so his dad comes out and sees him, and the kid says, what happened, Mio? you're not playing? You're, no, dad. They put a rock on my freeway. <laughs> Can't get over that thing. Yeah, what happens? Yeah, I've tried everything I can to get that rock out of the way, and I can't do it, dad. It's messing up my freeway. And then the dad tells him, you've tried everything? Yes, everything. He says, no, you haven't. Well, what do you mean? He says, you ain't asked me to move it. How nice. Anybody got a car? <laughs> I want every head bowed. And every eye closed.